Today is Tuesday, October 1st in the year 2019 AD. And welcome to All In Sports Podcast. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Yeah, I don't think we can do that one, Josh. I think that one's already taken. Might get some angry clowns coming after us for that. Yeah, that might happen. Well, anyways, I'm Josh. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. And, Brandon, did you know that Tuesday was named after the Norse god of single combat, victory, and heroic glory? Uh, no, I did not. Well, there's your little fun fact for the day. Well, we're going to do a little Q&A today on the podcast, and uh, Brandon will be asking the questions, and we'll be give our thoughts and inquiries on... All things sports. Uh, I guess we should start off with the freshest thing. How about them Steelers beating up on the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football? Yeah, well, this didn't start out too hot. Uh, Wide receiver Deontay Johnson from Toledo ended up fumbling on that first first drive there in – Cincinnati capped it off with a field goal, and uh, you saw Juju Smith-Schuster on the sideline being like, hey, man, keep that ball up underneath you. I mean, you're going to stuff, stuff shit's going to happen. Uh, not a big deal. Just keep your head up um, and keep moving forward. But um, overall, Pittsburgh looked great. Mason Rudolph, 24 for 28, two touchdowns, 229 yards. Awesome game. Now, how about that defense? Eight sacks and two fumble recoveries. Oh, yeah, they're all over. Even uh, Bud Dupree decided to kick in there. He ended up getting himself a sack and a forced fumble. You don't really see that out of him too often. Usually he's unblocked. I mean, he just kind of ran around Andre Smith, but <clears throat> something's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah, I think that this defense this defense is definitely, I think, the, the moneymaker for the Steelers right now. And I think they keep playing the way they're playing – and this offense is young, and like talking about Juju going up to Johnson and telling him, hey, keep your head up. Like, you got a lot of young guys stepping up in leadership roles with Big Ben being out and Rudolph. I mean, they've only been playing together for two weeks. So, I mean, they're, they're fresh. This is like preseason for them all over again. So, I, I think they keep meshing the way they're meshing. I think Rudolph needs to make some long balls. I think that was that's a big thing that's kind of hindering their offense is the they're they're not a they're they don't have the ability to have that long ball downfield like that touchdown at the end of the game to Johnson. I think it was nine passes for under thirty eight yards before that completion. It was like a thirty four yard air ball to him. So I think that coming up with some figuring out how to get the ball downfield will help out a lot. Absolutely. If you look at if you look at Mason Rudolph's downfield percentage on deep balls, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't have pro football focus or anything, but I guarantee you it's probably up around 80% on his deep balls. That's what he was known for when he was at Oklahoma State, throwing deep balls to James Washington all, all day long. <clears throat> and you saw him throw that <clears throat> bazooka missile all the way deep down to Deontay Johnson to score that touchdown. Um, I think that's one thing that's hindering their offense a little bit is uh, Randy Fichtner, or Fitchner, however you want to pr- pronounce it, 
is being a little too conservative. He needs to keep pounding Connor up the middle and then throw deep balls. Uh, I mean, I when I <clears throat> Mason Rudolph came out for the draft, I compared him a lot to a guy named Carson Palmer. And if I mean, if you look at their body types and their the way just the way they play, they look very similar. And <clears throat> Bruce Arians, who's now Tampa Bay's coach, he coached. Carson Palmer, when when he was with the Arizona Cardinals, and you saw what, how well he did. Um, but I think what Mason Rudolph needs to go needs to go back in that old film vault and go take a look back when uh, Bruce Arians was back there with the uh, back with the uh, <clears throat> when he was with the Steelers. You just take a good look at that when. Uh, Back when Roethlisberger was back to th- dropping missiles down the field. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of, like just watching that game and the Cincinnati, both those teams went into Monday night zero and three, and somebody had to come out victorious. So Pittsburgh got that win. Now looking at Cincinnati, is Cincinnati falling into that Cleveland rut that they've been in for the last had been in for the last five years or so? Well, after Marvin, Marvin Lewis did a hell of a job with the Bengals. He, he kept them in contention every year, had them winning every year, and then he just his talent level dropped down. He he didn't have that elite quarterback to keep him going like he did with Carson Palmer when they had Hushman Zada and Chad Johnson and all them and uh, Corey Dillon back in the day. They, they didn't have those weapons. Rudy Johnson. None of those guys are there now. I mean, they got Joe Mixon, and then they got John Ross, and uh, <clears throat> Auden Tate's coming on. Eifert, he's always banged up. And, uh, they, they and, uh, oh, man, <clears throat> Tyler Boyd, former pit player. They, they just, they just, they have some weapons, but when you bring in a guy in, Zach Taylor, who coached, under Sean McVay last year as a quarterbacks and wide receivers coach. He's a real young guy. And I don't know what teams thought last year. Is all these all these guys that like were under McVay or around McVay, they thought he is McVay and he's not. And even though like even if you watch the game last night, they're running the same exact plays the Rams run, same offensive things. But the problem is Andy Dalton is not a down the field like drop back missile throwing quarterback like that. He's more of a, like a little dump West Coast guy and get a little movement in the pocket and everything. It's not you got can't fit the players to the offense. You have to fit the offense to the players. And Cincinnati, even though their defense isn't too bad, they try they they they're trying this thing and it's making them look like crap. They look like the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, it's I yeah, I could see that like definitely kind of the Rams you don't have Todd Gurley in your backfield that's going to run. <laughs> Not very many people run like Gurley runs. Right. And, and you can't, yeah, you can't make that offense a Todd Gurley offense without Todd Gurley. Right. Especially with no offensive line either. I mean, you got the Rams, they got Andrew Whitworth up there. And the Bengals thought they would have uh, Jonah Williams from Alabama, who they drafted in the first round this year, but he, he got hurt. He's out. And. I mean, their team's just kind of banged up offensively. 
is Clint Bowling, I think, one their guard. He's out. And uh, Cordy Glenn, who's going to be their right tackle this year, opposite of Jonah Williams, but they had to move him over to left back. He's out with a concussion. So when you don't have that offensive line up front, even though Joe Mixon can be an effective running back, I mean, you can't make it work. work. And mark my words, when Cincinnati finishes with a record of like 2-12 and 12 or – one and fifteen or three and thirteen, and Zach Taylor gets fired because he didn't produce at all. And Cleveland has the second or third pick, or Cincinnati has the third pick, third picker <laughs> in the draft next year, and they draft Justin Herbert from Oregon. Andy Dalton's going to be on his way out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys getting drafted and doing a lot of money, not doing much. Do you think the Cowboys with Zeke and Dak, Zeke just signed a new contract. Dak's up for contract, and uh, there's one more. Mark Cooper. Uh, yeah, Mark Cooper's up for contract. But uh, I know Philadelphia's got a pretty decent defense, and they really stacked the box on Sunday night. But is Zeke worth what they're paying him? Is Dak worth what he wants? Are those guys going to be worth it? Are they just overpaid? Or are they underproducing? Or what? What do you think? You mean the Saints? No, Dallas. No, I mean, you know, they played Saints on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah, well, they played the Saints. <laughs> yeah, Saints, Yeah, Saints-Philly. Philly game's coming. I was still thinking ahead here. Yeah. Those, well, you think about Zeke. He, he's making around $15 million a year average they're paying him. Um, and you look at most quarterbacks around the NFL, and they're making uh, – 30, 35, 34 million top quarterbacks, and you're like you're a skill position guy, and you're making half that. I, I mean, that's really not that bad of a deal. And especially, you know, Zeke, he's top three running backs in football, especially production wise. He's been producing every single year, and he's still young. And running backs' lifetime span usually ends around the age of 30 on average. So he's like, man, well, I'm young. I want to try to make make my contract, big two big contracts when I'm able to do it because I'm not going to get paid like uh, like a Roethlisberger. I'm not going to get paid that 30, 33, $34 million contract when I'm 37 years old. I'm, I'm going to be ready to put my feet up in a lawn chair, sit by the ocean over in Cabo when I'm that age. <clears throat> yeah. But what about Dak? Like, is he worth the money he's asking for? I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, I mean, even if uh, <clears throat> you look at a guy like uh, Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott, and he's he's wanting this uh, giant contract, um, forty million dollars a year, and they really haven't done anything in the playoffs when when they have gotten there. And <clears throat> you go into Jerry Jones and say, "Man, I want forty million dollars a year," and Jerry says, "You know what? I'll give you." Thirty million dollars a year, and, and then turn it down. Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, you look—he's had a pretty good year so far, but he's—you look at the guys that are making that much money. You got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl, yeah. Uh, Roethlisberger, who's won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady. Brady's not making quite that much, but he's winning Super Bowls. <laughs> he's, won, he's won lots of Super Bowls and everything. Um, Drew Brees. I mean, you got top top tier guys that are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks up there. Make. I mean, you have a couple up there that aren't, but 
I mean, if you look at it from Jerry Jones' perspective, and you're like, man, I got Dak here, and I mean, maybe I could throw some incentives in his contract or something, but I'm not going to go out and pay this dude like a, a, a fifth or sixth of my uh, money on my team to pay everyone with. One guy, I mean, he's not going out throwing 40, 50 touchdowns a year. And even looking at Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, he wants upwards of $17 million a year, up, up to the top guys. And he's not, even when Antonio Brown, he's no Antonio Brown, he's no Mike Evans, he's no DeAndre Hopkins. He's not even near any of those guys. I mean, I mean, you look at how much he should be getting paid. He should be getting paid at maybe around $12, $13 million a year. I mean, that's where his production is. And can he stay healthy? But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at Dak, though. I mean, I mean, look at Dallas' perspective. I mean, do you want to pay one guy that much money? Or, you know what? We could just say, hell with it. We'll let him go. Or maybe even trade him for some draft picks, franchise tag, trade him, get him some draft picks, go in the draft next year, draft a quarterback. Or you could look at Miami. I know you know Rosen might be available because Miami might be dra- definitely going to be drafting a quarterback first overall in the draft next year, probably Tonga Valoa. Um, so you got a guy like Josh Rosen, who's a very gifted quarterback, just played on crappy teams. You could bring him in. Pay him $7 million a year over the course of three years or something like that because he's just looking for an opportunity. And be just as successful with Josh Rosen, who's a smart guy, than you would be with Dak Prescott. And then you can go out and maybe even get – I know Whitten's going to retire. You can go out and get a guy like uh, – maybe get a guy like Travis Kelsey or a big-tier receiving threat or maybe another big-name defensive guy or something like that. And – uh Get him some weapons around him. Get more weapons around him and just continue to build a team up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, think, I, think Zeke, I think Zeke's worth it, but I think Dak and Amari are kind of up in the air of underproducing, not really producing what they want to be paid. Absolutely. And another guy who's talked – that's there's talk going around uh, – getting some big, big money is Patrick Mahomes with that extension. I saw something like $200 million to make him the highest paid quarterback or highest paid professional football player ever. Oh, yeah, that's just... But I mean, you look at what he's done with his receivers so far, even with Tyreek Hill out, he's been producing. But Yeah, I, he's a threat. He's, I mean, he runs, he can throw... He's dangerous. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, if you're going to pay a guy uh, that much money and everything, I mean, that's a The caps, the NFL total cap room is like around $180 million a year. And <clears throat> you pay a quarterback four, or $40 million a year, that's. Leaves got hundred and forty million dollars. That's like four to split between sixty four guys. That yeah, that's like uh forty five percent of your or uh that's like, hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a, f- a fourth or fifth of your uh ca- 
like 4.5, 4.5, like a, four, Jesus, 4.5. It's 45, it's about, yeah. it's about 33% of what, or a little right. less than 30%, 30% of what you're overall spending, and you're spending it on one guy. Right, I mean, that's like a fourth or so of your money that you're paying everyone on the team. Hey, even if you, I mean, if you do that, that leaves you with $140 million to pay the rest of your team. And you have to pay at least 24 positions. I mean, around offense. And that's going to leave you with like $6 million-ish to pay everyone else on your team. The starters. And then you got to pay all the backups. So, I mean, that's a lot of money just to pay one dude. And a lot of... T even the thing Mahomes isn't thinking about, if you're, if you're on a good team, like if you look at Tom Brady who takes a pay cut every single year. Just yeah, who, just, who's worth $40 million a year? Right. Who, who could go to any team in the NFL and say, I want $60, $70 million a year? Like, he'd go to Cincinnati and say, I want $70 million a year. And they'd be like, here you go, buddy. Because they, yeah. they know I have a chance to win the Super Bowl if you have Tom Brady. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean... The thing is, the, la the last couple Super Bowl winners, or like the most recent Super Bowl winners in like the past like 15 years, you look where the their quarterback is being paid at. It's never the top guy. No, we look at it's not even the top five guys. Right. It's always some guy down down lower and lower and lower and lower. Maybe like 10th or 15th or whatever. Or maybe still on the rookie deal that's winning those quarterbacks or winning those Super Bowls just because they can afford to play pay players around them, and that's one thing a lot of these quarterbacks, like Aaron Rodgers, is finding out that just because he gets paid this I mean, crazy amount of money, he doesn't have anyone to throw to, right? He doesn't have anyone to... He doesn't have anybody protecting him up front. Right, doesn't have anyone on defense. They can't, they can score a thousand points a game, but their defense sucks, so, but he's, they just got to learn that the hard way, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think Mahomes. I think Mahomes is worth the money, but and I think he could produce that kind of like the kind of results that are worth forty million dollars a year. But I also don't think he's. I think Mahomes is smart enough maybe to realize that we'd rather pick up another Tyreek Hill or another Williams. Like some some people come in around him and can help him win because football as much as people like these like Dak thinks of Zeke thinks that this team is just this team is me but football's 11 guys one side of the ball and 11 guys the other side of the ball you can't have one guy that's a superstar this isn't basketball right and they just paid Tyreek Hill 18 million dollars a year on a three-year extension so so yeah I think Hopefully they're smart enough to realize that they need to get another guy like like a Kareem Hunt back in the backfield there if they let him go after the all that stuff that happened last year. And they put somebody back in the backfield that's good. I mean, Georgia's got some guys coming up. There's a lot of good guys coming up in the draft this year, I think, will be that can fill those spots. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be a good one. But uh <clears throat> What about that uh, thing going on over in New Orleans? 
<laughs> with, with, with Bridgewater and Breeze being out, yeah, is it possible for them to make a Super Bowl, make make the make the playoffs now? Well, I know they're still top, like they're still top division, but are they going to be a threat with their upcoming schedule? Right. Well, they looked awfully good up on Sunday night against the Cowboys, but Dallas just looked out of sorts. But, but New Orleans, they didn't look bad, but at the same time, they didn't, they didn't score a touchdown. Right, it was all field, all field goals. Yeah, and and yeah, you can kick field goals all night long, but when you play good, like I, I in Dallas, I you're playing in New Orleans too. I think that plays a big factor in where you're playing. That's a loud building, and playing that in that building, it, and it's known. Doesn't matter who they're playing, they're gonna play good there. But I don't. I think they need to score. They need to figure out a way to get like you got Alvin Kamara back there, running guys over. As small as he is, running guys over, pounding holes through three hundred pound linemen, and you need to find a way. I think to punch those in and get him to where he can. Right, Mr. Georgia, uh, Mr. Georgia State. Well, Lutz can't win you every game, and. Saints fans should be happy. Breeze says he's going to be back this year. So, but if he doesn't come back, it's, I don't. I think they can make the playoffs with Bridgewater, but I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Bridgewater at quarterback. No, I don't think they can win an NFC Championship game with Bridge, Bridgewater at quarterback. No way. Uh, and he's, but go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, like, don't want to. I know right now, a lot of, even our fantasy league guys just on injury reserve and out for no reason. Uh, like, what's up with uh, the Bears and Roquan? Yeah, Roquan, he's out for personal reasons. Like, how does that affect the Bears? I mean, they, they rely on that defense so much, and that defense wins some games. How's that going to affect them? Yeah, well, the weird thing was is uh, right before the game, or I heard so, there were some rumblings about uh, Roquan Smith uh, getting uh, getting a little scuffled with uh, a little verbal war with uh, Dalvin Cook, and <clears throat> I guess they said that. Roquan Smith hasn't been acting like himself around the team facilities for the past week or two, and I guess it's been doing some some personal issues. I don't know. Uh, Nagy, they asked him at the thing the other day why, like right before the game, all of a sudden he just doesn't play for personal reasons, and they, everyone's like, Matt Nat went up to Nagy, the Bears head coach, and they're like, man, what's uh, what's the deal here? And uh, he's like, man, well, I can't tell you anything, but it's for personal reasons. And then they asked yeah. him. Then they asked him about this week, and they're like personal issues. So we don't, we don't know if he's even playing this week. And he's the, the second or third best player behind the team, but behind Mac and maybe uh, Eddie Jackson. But I mean, it's, it's not looking good. It's a big, it's a big hit to that defense. Yeah, it's the middle of their defense. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of uh, defenses. Uh... I think the lack of defenses in that Bucks Rams game was pretty evident. But are the Bucks actually good, or are the Rams just 
getting stuck in a little rut. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, Jameis Winston had a hell of a game. He looked through four touchdown passes, only one interception, thank God. 385 yards, 28 of 41. Looks like Bruce Arians is starting to rub off on him a little bit. But, I mean, he's improving every single week. Um, Chris Godwin stepped up huge this week. Last week it was Mike Evans with the big numbers. This week, Chris Godwin, 12 for 172 with two touchdowns. Evans got his touchdown, but uh, there is some ca- four for 89. Touchdown, he got his work in, but with that bomb that Jameis threw, it was awesome. And... Uh, Running game looked a little bit better this week. Ronald Jones, 19 for 70. Peyton Barber, 9 for 19. That could have been better. You just ran a touchdown in. Uh, Goff, man. Threw the ball 68 times. That's nuts. Yeah, that's... They're starting to click. I think that's... They're starting to mesh real well together, and they're starting to produce. I think that's... It could make them a pretty dangerous threat here come playoffs. He had a fi- 570 yards golf through for two touchdowns, but three picks though. Tampa Bay's defense, they gave up a ton of points and a ton of yards, but they harassed Jared Goff quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> and, he had a fu- and he had a fumble at the end of the, ga- end of the game. Um, Todd Gurley, his knee must have bothered him quite a bit. Uh, I don't know what's up with him. He had five rushes for 16 yards, 3.2, and two touchdowns. And he looked like he was running hard, but I don't know if they just don't want to wear him out or his knees bother him a lot. He, seven catches, 54 yards. Uh, Robert Woods had a big game, 13 for 164. Uh, the defense looked okay. Clay Matthews got himself a sack. Um, Marcus Peters ran that touchdown back. But the story of the game, Tampa Bay's defense stepping up. Shaq Barrett, the NFL sack leader, has nine sacks now. Out of nowhere, he was he was the guy in Denver. It was behind Demarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller, and just filled in for injuries here and there. Now Tampa Bay saw him out in the open market and like, hey, let's see what this guy's made of. We have a big hole here. Let's bring him in. See what's going on. Brought him in. Killing it. That former Colorado State linebacker, man, he's putting on. And how about freaking Sue picking up that picking up that fumble and running it back in at the end of the game, a <laughs> former Ram? That's got to be good against your former team there. Oh, yeah, I bet it felt real good. And uh, big story of the game, Matt Gay, 7 for 7 on extra points, 2 for 2 for field goals, and kicked a 58-yard field goal. That's huge for Tampa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After that miss last week. Um, yeah. Now, a, a quick word from our sponsors here. Do you want to quit smoking? Do you get that urge and you bite your lip all the time and it just drives you absolutely insane? Just dying for that to tobacco taste in your mouth. Well... We have something to keep your mind off of it. It's the All In Sports Football Podcast. Available on Spotify and Anchor. Just click on the link. And we're back. Um, 
I might have heard some rumblings about some a firing going on, a potential firing that could happen. Yeah, over there in uh, the great capital of the U.S. of A., the red, the skin's getting rid of Jay Gruden. Good old Washington. Yep, Washington Redskins. Named after our, I believe it was our first president. I can't remember if he was before or after Ben Fresno. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think that's the right move? Well... I'll tell you this much. Jay's, Jay's a pretty good coach. Um, and I think he was all for Case Keenum this year. The thing that really killed him was losing Alex Smith to that leg injury. I mean, they, they had a pretty – their defense is pretty good. They're coming around. They brought in Landon Collins this offseason. They had some guys, some studs out there. Kerrigan's still there. The front three are phenomenal between Payne, Ioannidis, and Jonathan Allen. That's a – Top tier young front three of your defense, losing Trent Williams just absolutely just destroyed their offense. He he was like the cornerstone of their offensive line. They brought in Donald Penn, not bad. He's not bad, but he's no Trent Williams. And Jordan Reed dealing with his concussions. They had they had players, but they're just injured all the time. I mean, the emergence of Terry McLaren's great for the team. Uh, Adrian Peterson's not. The same Adrian Peterson because of his offensive line. He's getting up for age. Darius Geis out for the year. And he's, they had some optimism. Like, maybe if we get Case Keenum just clicking, throwing darts all over the field. I mean, maybe we could do it. I mean, he was the all-NCAA passing leader. But from what I heard is ownership. They were all about, they're all about the future. And they want to, they want to get their boy Haskins in. And Jay, after case star he's like hell we'll throw we're gonna throw Haskins in and I think he just did it to appease the front office and I don't know if he's gonna start this week Colt McCoy's gonna be back he might go in good old Texas Texas gunslinger but uh we'll have to see what they decide to do I mean it's really up in the air right now um uh, Jay though I mean we heard if they lose to the Giants this week, he's going to be gone, and uh, they lost to the Giants, and he's still here. But once again, <laughs> they are playing New England Patriots this week. And we, <laughs> and we know, know that's no easy feat. Right, and we know what the result of that game is going to be. So uh, <clears throat> that might be his last game as Redskins head coach. That's what, I'm, that's what a lot of rumors are saying. I don't really necessarily think it's – the right move because I think Jay's a good cro- coach but if I'm Jay Gruden and you know how Dan Snyder is constantly like uh, pushing people for which one direction he's, he's, I mean you should be happy to get out of there it's really in a bad situation yeah definitely it's not a good situation yeah you have to be a certain kind of coach to be able to be with an owner like that, and he, I think he really wants to do things his way, because he's a lot like his brother John, who's in Oakland. He's doing always did his things his way, and I think that uh, <clears throat> that's the way we're heading. Well, I want to get into some 
what are your predictions, your early season predictions for the AFC Championship stuff and the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl picks. But before we go there, what do you what do you think about the Browns? You think they're getting back on track now and they have that star-studded offense? Yeah. Are they finally starting to mesh and look like an actual team that could win something here? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're, they are starting to click a little bit. It's like... It's like back in the olden days, you know, like when you had that old pilot light. And you stick the little, the pilot light goes out, and you're like, oh, man, i got to get this thing going again. And uh, you go up there with that little match, and you stick it right up against it, and all of a sudden it starts, and it starts flickering a little bit. It's not a full pilot yet, but it's flickering away. I think that's I think that's right where Cleveland Browns are. That is starting to flicker a little bit. Not a full light yet, but Baltimore Ravens looked damn damn good the first three weeks of the season, and Cleveland came out and took it to them. Mayfield put up big numbers. Talk about freaking arm! Odell Beckham launched that sucker to the, down that field down that field to uh, Ratley on that <coughs> wide receiver reverse pass. It's a missile. Well, silly magic going on. Chubb went off, twenty for one sixty-five, three touchdowns. Schobert had seventeen tackles. Olivier Vernon, pressure off the edge. You know, Miles Garrett's always bringing pressure off the edge. Got two Lamar Jackson interceptions. But the big story is Jarvis Landry went for eight catches for one hundred sixty-seven yards. So he's clicking with Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr., two catches for 20 yards. Yeah, they, I mean, he's throwing who's open, and I mean, Odell's a good receiver, but Jarvis is too. Yeah, he, I mean, granted, Odell Beckham Jr. had one of the top corners in the game, and Marlon Humphrey on him the whole game, a former Alabama guy, you know, everyone's from freaking Alabama. So, uh, <laughs> I had a former Alabama corner on him. I mean, they got in a little scuffle. Odell just punched him or something, and Marlon Humphreys was ch- choking him out in the middle of the game. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like a hockey match over here. Just like, freaking drop the gloves and go for it, right? It was like the Joker and uh, Batman. <laughs> Beckham's looking up and going, hit me. But, no. um, you know, he's just not clicking yet with Mayfield. But we're only four or five weeks in, coming into our fifth week. Yeah. So I mean, there's still time. I mean, they're they're starting. They're, they won the game. Let's see what they can do this week. Important parts to be clicking by week sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're winning games, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Speaking about scuffles. Uh, there's a big suspension going on in the NFL. Little Vontae Burfick suspension. Yeah. Do you think that's a rightful dis- suspension? Well, you look at that. His, he's been suspended on numerous occasions before. And he's been constantly just continually just illegally just peeing off on people. And it's not 
me as a fan, I mean, you love to see like big hits and stuff like that as a fan, but for the protection of the players, it should be it should be a thing. But you'd think with like these new helmets and stuff like that, they'd be better off protecting. I mean, I'm I could go both ways of this, because even when I played football, even though I could only play high school football, um, story for another day. Um, <clears throat> I used to go into football games thinking not just like, hey, we're gonna have fun with my friends and we're gonna go play a catch and try to win this game. I went into football games thinking. This is freaking war. Like, you are going after the, to beat the hell out of your opponent and win the game by any means necessary. I mean, I don't know how you felt about it, but. No, that's, that's, that's how coaches always said it to us in the rapping. It was, you're going on a battlefield. Right. And if you can go out there and make your opponent quit because they're either in pain or they just don't want to do it anymore, and I mean, that's defeat. And that's how, how you want to make your opponent feel. Now, if. You got a guy like Roquan Smith, or not Roquan, Montez Burfick, <laughs> former Aristotle State Sun Devil, going out there, and he sees a guy on his knees, and he's like, man, I can freaking kill it, freaking tee off on this dude right now. I mean... See, I, I, I think that's a cheap pick, though. I mean, if you're going to... Uh, difference between high school, even high school to college and college to NFL, I mean, you in high school, you're playing kids that are 16 years old, 15, 16, 17, 18, depending on where, like, how big your school was and stuff, you got a guy, you got a guy that's, let's say, 200 pounds, teeing off on a guy that's 160 pounds, yeah, there's a weight difference, he's a lot bigger, but it's, you're still not going to do the damage that a 250, 260-pound guy is going to do to another 260-pound guy on the ground, running four six forties and stuff like that, I mean, they're the speed, the so like the damage that can be done that close. It doesn't matter what helmet you're wearing. I think I get where you're saying like the war. It's war. It is, but at the same time, you got a defenseless guy on his knees. That's an unnecessary hit. I mean, I don't think the whole season might not be the right suspension. I mean, look at Gronk. When Gronk, I think it was Indianapolis, turned around and just. Dove on when he threw, uh, Bray threw an interception, and Gronk just turned around and just jumped on the guy out of bounds. Yeah, and they suspended him for two games. And I think that was that's a little more excessive than a guy on his knees getting hit. So I don't I don't think the whole season is the right suspension there. Yeah, I mean, I think they got I think they gave him the whole season because it's just been on numerous accounts, but. I think it was like eight times he's been suspended or suspended or fined or something. But I, I, I really just sympathize with either. I mean, I could go both both ways really with it because I under I understand. I mean, like if I see a guy that's like if you're like if you see like a wounded animal, I mean obviously you're gonna kill it. But, I mean, but you got the NFL has a right to step in because, I mean, you got to protect the players and everything. So. I mean, yeah, you don't want another Shazier accident kind of thing from, and I mean, that was, that definitely wasn't the same kind of hit, but you don't want that kind of thing to happen to your players, especially your, like, 
star players and stuff. You don't want that kind of injury to happen. That's what fans want. We want, we want to go watch a Patrick Mahomes throw 500 yards in a football game. We want to go watch a Tom Brady throw that. We want to watch Julian Edelman catch crazy passes in the Super Bowl off the ground. Like, <laughs> that should have been a like, – where he puts his hand over the ball and he's still killing. We want to watch those guys play. And then we want to see Ryan Shazier running around the field, flying around the field, putting those big clean hits on people. And when those guys get hurt and stuff, I mean, that kind of, I mean, it's scary. I, I feel like that kind of deters kids to, like, get a little off subject here, but like kids deter too. And you watch these kids that grow up watching football, that's what they dream of. Every kid that, plays football dreams of one day yeah i want to play if i want to be i want to play that guy you know absolutely and if this the way kids are today like numbers for football is down all around and especially parents like would you want your kid to go play somebody like imagine you're a freshman hunt five eight 170 pound tight end your, your son a freshman goes out and he's playing a senior who's 300 pounds six six he's a d1 recruit number five in the country and he just gets helmet the helmet just obliterated like would you want your kid doing that you know what i mean right i think i, I think that's kind of what they're it's you got to make it safe for everybody you got to make people want to play want to watch and i think I think everybody loves the big hits. You love the big hits when you can hear them. When you're at a football game or you're on, on TV and you hear those freaking shoulder pads and helmet just freaking smack, and you get your blood pumping a little bit. You like, Everybody likes watching that. That's why people watch NASCAR. They want to watch the wrecks. Right. Nobody cares about the rest of the race. We just want to see people wreck. Absolutely. I think football's the same way. Hockey's the same way. You want to see those freaking checks into the glass. You want to see the fights. And that's what people want to watch, but I think it has to be done safely. cleanly. Yeah, it's got to be safe. It can't be – you can't go just – in a sense, these guys, they, they are going to war, and they get paid to – this is their job. They get paid to do it. But I, I think you got to do it safely. you got to be clean about it. You can't – you got to hit people hard, but you can't – you're not really trying to kill somebody. Right. And I think, I think the NFL is just trying to step in and be like, listen – if you're gonna hit someone, and if you're gonna, if you want to like just bury someone, just don't hit him in the head, hit him in the chest. Yeah. No, it's speaking of that, what, what do you think about that new, the new rule with the NFL this year? Quarterbacks being able to dive forward, giving themselves up like that. Do you think that's a smart move? Uh, I don't know about, I don't really think diving forward. Is the right thing because I think defenders should be able to like uh, <clears throat> go in and stop them from getting to that line. You know, it shouldn't just be a given. You know, like if I saw a quarterback diving for the first time, I'm gonna hit him square as possible. Yeah. And I think that could result in a lot of neck injuries. Um, but this like sliding, like a quarterback slides, I think. Yeah, should, I think they should be slides, down where they touch. As soon as he starts to slide, he's down there. Yeah, not the three yards that he slid. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's really BS, but... Yeah. So, all right, so what are your predictions? Well, I guess before you go, wait, 
This game's coming up this week. What about the MLB wildcard games? Get a little after football here for a minute. Yeah, they're going to be going the first games tonight, Brewers and Nationals. I'm taking – I'm going to take the uh, <clears throat> the Nationals just because Max, Max Scherzer. You, you can't – I think maybe the Brewers have a better lineup, like hitting-wise, but I think Max Scherzer is just dynamite. I think he's going to take, take it. Yeah, I agree with you, Barry. Well, what about the Rays and the Athletics? I, I think Tampa's got it. They just have they just have too much. It's a young team. I think they're ready ready to roll. Charlie Morton pitching for the former Pirate Charlie Morton <laughs> <laughs> pitching for the Rays. I think he's gonna go out and throw a dime. He's sixteen and six on the year, three point five ERA. Throwing against Mike Fires. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think either of these two wild card teams are going to make it very far. Or I'm sorry, Sean Mendia, who's a 4-0 1.12. They went against Mike Fivers, who's their leading dude. But, um, yeah, I think the Rays got it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just don't think either either team really is going to make it very far in the playoffs. I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be – I don't know. There's a lot of good better teams. Like the New but, York Yankees, yeah, like the Yankees. That's that's who I was thinking. I, that's kind of my prediction. I think he's going to win the whole thing. I think the the Yankees are going to bring the pennants home, the pennant home. All right, all right. So early season predictions for the AFC and NFC. Let's do let's do top let's do top four, and then who you think is going to play in the championship games, and then ultimately. In the big show. So you want to do each divisional winner in the AFC and two wild cards in Sammy's NFC? No, I want to say let's go straight to the semifinals. All right. All right, go first. All right, AFC, I'm going to put up, I think it's going to be New England, obviously. Buffalo, I think, has a legit shot at playing there. I think it's going to like Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City is going to be there. And that fourth spot, it's hard to say. But, I mean, I'd like to see – I'm not a Browns fan by any means, but I think at this point everybody's a Browns fan. I would like to see – I think it would be kind of cool to see the Browns playing for a shot there. Uh. But yeah, that's I'm gonna say but I'm gonna say right now I'm gonna say it's gonna be a rematch of last year. It's gonna be New England Patriots playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game. And who wins that game? Right now, I would have to say the Patriots. I would like to see I would like to see the Chiefs in it. I think it'd be good. I don't I don't think – I don't know. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is where it needs to be right now. But from right now, I think the Patriots have the best overall team yeah, straight up. And uh, NFC, who you got? NFC – Or do you want me to do my AFC first? Yeah, you do your AFC first. All right. So my, my final four teams, 
are going to be Kansas City, Cleveland, New England, and my fourth team is going to be the Sandy or Los Angeles Superchargers. Who's <laughs> leading up playing the championship game? Championship game is going to be the New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I hope that's true, but I don't know. <laughs> but New England's going to win the AFC Championship game again. Okay. Uh, so, NFC, I know it's going to make you feel good, but I'm going to say the Bucks. I think the Buffs are going to bypass the Saints. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I think the 49ers. And I'm going to pull one out of here at least. I'm going to say the Eagles. The Eagles. All right. The well. Eagles. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Bucks are going to play the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Who is that? I'm going to go with the Bucks. You think Tampa Bay is going to be in the Super Bowl this year? I think Tampa Bay has a shot. I would cry. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> so, I wish I could be that optimistic. But... <laughs> Uh, let's see, let's see if Jameis, see if BA keeps getting Jameis. Our passing defense, our secondary, I wish they go out and sign Eric Berry. It'd be awesome, a former volunteer. He'd fit perfect back there in our secondary. I'm hoping. But, I think, I think, ooh, that's going to be tricky. I think Dallas, I think San Francisco, I see... The Seahawks, and I see Tampa Bay, hoping, hoping to be that in there, and I see San Francisco and Dallas in the NFC Championship, just like good old times. Yeah. And I see Jimmy G and the 49ers beating the Cowboys. Uh, I would say, I will say kind of a little, I don't know if I do wild cards, but I'm kind of hoping that Matt Stafford and the Lions under that Patricia coaching staff there can pull something out and make it. They're only, they're, they only got one loss, one tie, so they're two and two, really. But I think there's still an option there. They could they could mix things up depending on how the rest of the season goes for them. Yeah. So who's your Super Bowl winner? Oh, this pains me because I hate to see it. And it's not because I, I respect him well, respect the well Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. But I think I just hate watching them in the Super Bowl every year. But I'm gonna say it's gonna be right now the way their defense is playing. That offense, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, like I I, I gotta go with the Pats. Pats over Tampa. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd break my TV. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Super Bowl champion. It's gonna be the San Francisco 49ers versus New England Patriots. 
I think uh, for Peter's the week. Radial beaters, younger dude, Jimmy G. Win his seventh ring so we can stop hearing about Pittsburgh and their six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> oh, I'll just all the comments between you and your dad right there. All wasn't I it? hear. Sixburg, yeah. Sixburg, Sixburg. Like they've been around for 200 years. They're six for 200. Nah. This is 101st year, I think. Or, no, is it 100th year? 100, 100 or 101st year? It's the 100, 100th year of the NFL. So six out of six out of 100 and 100, or six out of 101. They're, they're at 6% right here. Yeah, they're at 6%. They win Super Bowl 6% of the time. Tampa Bay's been 1-1. One, one. And they've been around since 1976, so that's 40 or 40 some years. So one out of that's eight still only like one percent. I'll go like three percent, two point two point seven percent or so. Well, hopefully they'll upset the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, let's talk about some uh, big college football games this weekend. See it. Iowa and Michigan, that should be a pretty good one. I was undefeated, 4-0. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan on that one. Yeah, so? yeah, I think so, too. I think Harbaugh's hey. got, got the boys all pissed off. 7 Auburn and 10 Florida. Uh, I'm going to go with the Auburn boys. Yeah, well, Tim Tebow came to me in a dream last night and said, Florida's going to beat Auburn, so I'm going to All right. Uh, this is an, a ranked team and unranked team. Well, Oklahoma State taking on Texas Tech. I'm going to say. A little bit of a rivalry there. Yeah, I'm going to say good old Oklahoma State wins that one. I'm going to say Texas Tech upsets a ranked team. How about uh, Michigan State and Ohio State? Being a Penn State fan, this kind of hurts, but I'm going to say Ohio. The Ohio State University. Yeah, the Ohio State University. And how about Washington and Stanford? You know what? Washington's going to win that one easy. Washington and Stanford. Um, Yeah. How about Cal and Oregon? That's an interesting game. Cal's 4-1. I'm going to take the Ducks on this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go and take the uh, Cal on this one because I don't know. He's been, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Cal. I'll go Cal. I think they mm-hmm. got it. Uh, now, here's a, here's a rivalry game. Not only, not only in football, but military branches around. Two unranked teams. Air Force at Navy. Uh, we'll go Navy. I'll go Navy on that one. Just because they don't know how to fly. <laughs> what about Virginia, Miami? Virginia Tech at Miami. Oh, the U. How dare you? Absolutely. Now, let's see. Who wants to go? No, here we go. Here's a good one. Number three, Georgia taking on Tennessee. That's a rivalry game. The Rub Bay rivalry games. Oh, that's a blowout. Jake, yeah. Jake Fromm's going to put up a 50, 50 or 60 bird on good old Tennessee. <laughs> 
What about homeboys? Penn State is at is taking on Purdue. Uh, Penn State. Penn, Penn State will be undefeated till they run in. Like uh, got Iowa next week. Yeah, Penn State Iowa is always a good game. I think that's going to be a good one. But I think Penn State. I think Penn State's going to knock off Iowa. I think it's going to come down to the Michigan Ohio game, and that's going to decide what who wins the Big Ten. I think. I think Penn State's got a rough couple weeks up ahead of them. Yeah, that is true. Let's see. Michigan plays Penn State the nineteenth. They're three weeks from now, and then they play Ohio State. Uh, the last game. Yeah, so I think that's going to be... They'll have like three or four losses. So I think Ohio State has a tough tough schedule, really. Yeah. I mean, they, play, they play Michigan State this week, which will be... There. It's two ranked teams, but Michigan State's not the Michigan State of before yeah. Northwestern. Well, I, I lied. They do. They play Wisconsin. All right, Brandon. I think we should wrap this up. I'd like to thank the listeners to, for listening to the All In Sports. Hopefully you're all in like us. And I hope you had fun. hope you had a couple laughs. And thanks, Brandon, for joining again. Anytime. All right. Have a good one. Hey, you too.